talking about that banner. And if you look on the front of the bulletin this morning, you see that scripture. It comes from Acts chapter 1. And it talks specifically about being witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought that this morning, since it was 51 weeks ago today, and since we're moving on next week to a different theme, that we would do a bit of a performance review this morning. And I forgot the remote. Thanks, honey. Um, And performance reviews can be a little bit hairy, sometimes a little scary. You never know what they're going to bring. Some people have interesting ideas about those with whom they work. For example, there was a man flying in a hot air balloon, and he was realized he realized that he was lost. He reduced height, and he spotted a man down below, and he lowered the balloon further, and he shouts to the guy down below, Excuse me, can you tell me where I am? The man below says, Yes, you're in a hot air balloon, hovering 30 feet above this field. You must work in information technology, says the balloonist. I do, replies the man. How did you know? Well, says the balloonist, everything you told me is technically correct, but it's of no use to anyone. (laughs) The man below says, you must be a corporate manager. I am, replied the balloonist, but how did you know? Well, said the man, you don't know where you are or where you're going, but you expect me to be able to help. You're in the same position you were in before we met, and now it's my fault. That's the way performance reviews sometimes go. They could go like this. Bob Smith was being reviewed. As it turns out, Bob was hovering over the person who wrote this. And so the person says, Bob Smith, my assistant programmer, can always be found hard at work in his cubicle. Bob works independently without wasting company time talking to colleagues. Bob never thinks twice about assisting fellow employees, and he always finishes given assignments on time. Often, Bob takes extended measures to complete his work, sometimes skipping coffee breaks. Bob is a dedicated individual who has absolutely no vanity in spite of his high accomplishments and profound knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Bob can be classed as a high-caliber employee, the type which cannot be dispensed with, uh, cannot be dispensed with. Consequently, I duly recommend that Bob be promoted to executive management and a proposal will be executed as soon as possible. But as I said, Bob was looking over the reviewer's shoulder as he was reviewing him. And so there was an email that went out immediately after this one. And the other email says, can you read that on the screen? Yeah. And, And what he said was to them in the email, please just read the odd lines in my report because Bob was looking over my shoulder as I was writing this. And so this says, Bob Smith, my assistant programmer, can always be found wasting company time talking to colleagues. Bob Bob never finishes given assignments on time. Often Bob takes extended breaks. Bob is a dedicated individual who has absolutely no knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Bob can be dispensed with. Consequently, I duly recommend that Bob be executed as soon as possible. So it's, you never know what these performance reviews might bring. But this morning, we're going to do a performance review. Let me read this line out of Matthew chapter 16 first, or these passages. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Well, the gates of Hades should not overcome the church for sure. Because God stands behind the church, his spirit stands behind the church, and the church should be triumphant. The question is, how is the church doing? Are there times when it appears as though Satan is indeed triumphing over the church? Are there times when we triumph in the name of Jesus in the church? And of course, what we want more than anything is to be triumphant in Christ, for the church to flourish and to progress and for God to bless us. And so that's what we want in the next year. Next week, we'll be announcing the new theme, which I won't give away today. But as we move into a new theme and a new year, we want so much for God to bless us, for Satan not to prevail against the church. We talked very recently about Satan's power and the way that he works in our world. And we don't want him to have the influence in our, over our church that he could indeed have uh, if God's spirit isn't living within us and allowing us to triumph in him. So what I've done this morning is I've just gone through, and I'm going to do this like a performance review. I'm going to talk about strengths. I'm talking about things that where we get kind of a passing grade, and then I'm going to talk about the things uh, which we usually say in performance reviews are growth areas, right, is the way we call them. So we're going to talk some more about, talk some about growth areas as well. Some strengths, first of all. Our priorities should be directed toward a great mission and vision, and I would say that indeed they are. When I think about the mission that we have on the, ball, the wall here, to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time, I get excited about that. I get excited about the fact that this is a, a great mission for the church to be involved in. We're talking really nothing more than about Matthew 28, 18 and following, about how we go into the world for the Lord Jesus Christ and we share Christ with those people. As that passage goes on, it talks specifically about discipleship. And so we have a vision as well. And I don't have the vision here this morning, but I can quote it. It has to do with making disciples in relational environments. And when we say that we're going to make disciples in relational environments, we're talking specifically about our life groups. And so we have a vision, I think, and we have a mission, and I think they're great ones, and I think that God is going to bless us as we hold up those missions, that mission and that vision uh, and strive to be what God wants us to be. Last week we had 35 or 40 people who came together, life group leaders in our church family uh, on, in the fireside room over here, had a great meeting on Wednesday night just being together talking about our life groups and how we wanted to progress uh, through the fall and fulfill that vision for building relational uh, environments in which people can grow in the Lord. Uh, earlier on in the summer, we had about 70 people who went to our life group leaders retreat, all preparing for that. We've got people who are going to post falls here soon. Again, as we've had a number of people go down, and there are eight more getting ready to go uh, here in a couple of weeks. We're going to go down to Real Life Ministries and learn better about what it means to serve God through relational environments. And so God is blessing us with all that. I'm so grateful that he is. It takes great priorities to be what God wants us to be. And I think our mission, mission and vision are great priorities. So that's a very positive strength, I think, about our church. Another thing is, I think if we're going to be the church God wants us to be, that we should support mission efforts around the world. And as it turns out, we do in a very significant way. 
If you're not aware, we, we have a budget in our church family for the year that usually falls somewhere in the $540,000 range. We have about 20% of our budget, over $100,000, goes toward foreign missions. And I, I don't know of a church our size that has that kind of budget allocated to foreign missions. And I find that tremendously exciting that we're doing that kind of work in other places. And so we're, we're fulfilling the Great Commission, certainly in our own environment we want to do that, but we're doing it in other places as well. And for us to have that kind of money going out in missions, I think, is incredibly exciting. Another thing that we do in our church family that we should be doing is that we should care about the poor. And when I evaluate how we're doing with that, again, I'm pretty pleased with what we do as a church in terms of ministering to the poor. There are days when there are over 10 individuals who come to our building who are homeless that we provide with food. 10 in a day. That's not at all unusual. It's not unusual for us to feed two or three families a day, not with food for the homeless, but food for those who have a place to stay and are able to cook food. So we have two different sets of food. And we give some food to those who are homeless and some food to those who have a place to cook. And so it's not unusual for us on any given day to feed, literally to feed 20, 25 people in a single day. That happens on a regular basis, happens all the time. Uh, and I'm just so grateful that we do that kind of thing. Our clothing exchanges happen a couple of times a year. We have hundreds of people who come to those clothing exchanges and are blessed by them. So they come, they get pick up uh, free clothing. People from this neighborhood come here, they flock. If you... If it opens at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, in October, I don't, don't know the date yet in October when we're going to host this again, but if it's open at 9 o'clock, by 8.15, there'll be a line out into the parking lot as people are waiting to come in. And within 15 minutes of opening, there will be a, uh, a gym down there full of people sorting through those co uh, clothing, all the clothes. We also um, we support people in Zimbabwe and in Zambia. And there are many of you who are giving... Uh, Money specifically so that children can go to school in Zambia, for example, through Zambia Mission Fund. Uh, for a long time now, we've been doing that. And then in addition to supporting all those children, we have direct responsibility for a, a particular orphanage, a house on a farm in Zambia where there are uh, children growing up there. They, In most cases, their parents... Uh, have had to release them because they couldn't support them. And the mothers have died in childbirth most often. And so the child goes to this uh, home. And we we support those children in that home for Wilson and Nancy Ciazilo to feed them and take care of them. And our church is, uh, is solely responsible for the care of the children that Wilson and Nancy are watching over. And so I, I look at what we're doing for the poor. And could we do more? I think we probably could. But in terms of what we're getting accomplished, I'm pre pleased and blessed and grateful that all of that is happening. Then everyone should be given opportunity to grow in Christ. And as a church, we're trying to do that. We have lots of programs, especially suited for our children, uh, Vacation Bible School and other things. Uh, and I'm so glad about that. Next week, we're going to start our life groups again. Uh, we have our Bible class program that runs on a regular basis. And so there's just a, a real effort that, that takes place in order for us to Help people grow as much as they possibly can in Jesus. And that's a major goal of ours. How can we help everyone with whom we come in contact grow in Christ? And so we're working on that. And then I mentioned uh, specifically a moment ago some children's things. But our children are being nurtured, and I think effectively so. 
And so one of the things that our church specifically does is focus on children's ministry and try and help our kids do uh, everything they can to grow and, and to be what God wants them to be. And again, our vacation Bible school, our Bible classes, all of the uh, spark that happens here on a Friday night, uh, regularly all fall. Uh, we have our youth program, uh, even going up into the young adults. Even though uh, my children are all grown, I have a young adult in my home, and I want very much for her as my child to continue to grow in Christ. And we have a program that's, that does that as well. So I'm glad that God is blessing us with our children being effectively nurtured uh, in Him. And then our membership should reflect our multicultural community. And when I look around us this morning, I see a lot of that. And so we have Africans here this morning, and we have Filipinos here this morning, and we have some people from Latin America here this morning who speak Spanish and who are teaching me Spanish. And then we have some white people here as well. And so our church reflects our multicultural community, and I'm so grateful uh, that it does. I'm glad that God has blessed us in that way, and we, of course, want that to uh, continue and for God to bless us in that way. So in all those ways that I've just listed, I think that God is blessing us. And when I look at the strengths of our church, those are some things that I would consider to be real strengths for us. Uh, ways in which I would say we are doing well. Again, could we do better in those ways? I think we could. But I think in those ways we're doing pretty well. Now here are some things that I would give us a passing grade on. First of all, we should help the majority of our church to be involved in ministry. We have a high number of people who are involved in ministries in our church. But the goal, of course, would be 100%. We'd love to have absolutely everybody involved some way in ministry in our congregation. And so if you're not involved in ministry, I really encourage you to look for opportunities to do that. Uh, next week, when we sign up for life groups, one of the things that you certainly could do would be to... Uh, be willing to sign up for a life group and then host it. Host it in your home. You don't have to lead it. You don't have to be the one teaching the material. You don't have to lead any singing. But lots of us could at least host a life group in our homes. And that becomes a ministry just that quickly for you to be involved in. So we're doing well with the in terms of getting people involved in ministry. I think we could do even better. We should be effective at building community. And I think we're somewhat effective at this, but we could be even more effective. We have about, uh, Hope was telling me this week, about 130 people, adults I should say, who are going to be involved in life groups this year from what we can predict. We're hoping, though, that we kind of blow the top off of that. And so instead of 130 people, let's have 180 people or 190 people who are involved in our life groups. The goal typically is for a church, and this has been studied many times, to have about 65% to 70% of your people involved in your life group program. And uh, based on 200 adults in our congregation, uh, then we're just about there. But it would be great to have much higher than just 65%. The goal is not just to reach a percentage. The goal is to have as many people growing in the Lord through our life groups as possibly can. So I want to encourage you to be involved in life groups. I think that's something that we do okay on, but we could do even better. And so... Uh, Next week will be your opportunity, and I hope that you uh, seize that opportunity. Here are some areas that I think perhaps could use some improvement when it comes to talking about being a church. And you know, whenever you talk about something like needs improvement, it always sounds so negative, like, oh, you know, we're doing badly in this area. And the point is not that we're doing badly. The point is that we could do better. And I think that God wants us to do better in these areas, and it's really not that hard to do. And so first of all, we want to be a church that builds relationship with the lost in our communities. And so you have neighbors, 
You have someone from whom you buy groceries. You have someone with whom you coach soccer. Or your some coach coaches your kids. Uh, there are all kinds of relationships that you have with the people in your communities. And we want to be able to build relationships with those people better than we already do. Um, do we do that? Oh, yeah. Like I meet people all the time that you know. You'll bring them here. You'll bring them to some event and I'll have a chance to, to get to know them. And so it's wonderful that you're doing that. But it'd be great if we could do it even more in terms of reaching out into our communities and building relationships with people that are there. We want to be a church where men are being prepared to become leaders. This is one of the things that we, I would say, and if I was to ask the elders, or I would think they would almost say that we've fallen down a bit in this area. That in terms of helping people to train and look to the prospects of in the future becoming elders, that we haven't done the kind of job with that that we really would like to do as a church. And so it might be that in the future here, you're a person who will be asked by our elders to even to be a kind of mentoree. Someone who gets mentored by our elders looking long term into the future for the chance at being an elder one day. Or it might be that you're a person who is, in fact, ready to be an elder. And I hope that when the time comes that the, that the Lord attempts to set you aside as an elder, I hope that your heart is ready. Uh, we have three great guys at elders, as elders who do a fantastic job. I'm very grateful for them. They do a wonderful job. They give more to our church family as far as time and effort than just about anybody. But their work certainly could be supplemented with some help. And it'd be great if there were others in our congregation who would be willing to stand up and serve along with them. It's a, it's a, a task that sometimes requires, no lie, long hours, lots of prayer, effort, sometimes heartache but also the incredible joys that go along with serving the Lord. And so I, I hope that you, when that call comes to you, will be willing to say, yeah, I think I can serve in that way. Maybe you've even read 1 Timothy chapter one or chapter 3, verse 1, that says that when a person uh, wants to be an elder, desires this task of being bishop, that they desire a noble task. And so it might be that you could step up and serve in this noble way, a way in which the Lord uh, will bless you as you serve. I hope that you're willing and ready to do that. And then a church with the most useful facility possible. Sometimes I think we've fallen down here a little bit. I don't know if you've been in our gym lately. But if you go into our gymnasium, if you go into our fellowship hall and you look at the carpet, it is in pathetic condition. It is absolutely, I'll use this word, intolerable. And we're working to fix that. There is a, a committee actually that's been formed and, and talked a bit about that uh, through internet. There have been people discussing this, operations has talked about it. And you're going to see some changes take place with our gymnasium, our fellowship hall, as we get ready to, to really do something down there as far as renovation. But for, in my mind, this is kind of like a first step. I'd like to see us definitely uh, renovate the fellowship hall and you know spruce all of that up and make it really both usable and just make it clean and tidy and, and kind of acceptable in terms of its condition. But we also need to look long term in terms of what our facility is able to handle and where we need to go. I've been saying to people lately that, and this has been discussed in the past, but I think it needs to be brought up again, I would love for us to build an addition. I would love for us to build an addition out into this parking lot out here, one that would have more classrooms, a new teen room, 
uh, an opportunity for us to have a, bit better, a bigger and better benevolence ministry where we could have uh, a place where we could really take care of people who come and uh, assist, need assistance from us. And the fact is, is that for us to do that would cost money and time and focus and effort. Uh, personally, I'd like to see that happen. Don't know if it will. The Lord can bless us perhaps with that, or maybe somebody will have a better vision for what we need to do. But I think there are ways in which we can actually make this piece of property more beneficial in terms of the Lord's work in this place. And I hope that we with time can be looking toward that and, uh, and get that done as well. Well, these are some things that I think God has blessed us in so that we are strong in certain areas. I think there are ways in which we do quite well, uh, but could use some improvement, and I think there are some ways in which we really do need to do better, but I think that we can. And as we move into the fall, I hope you're as excited as I am about the, as we share it next week, the new vision that we have uh, in terms of what we're going to do with the rest of the year, the ways in which God is going to take us through with his spirit into doing things that we haven't done before, perhaps, but God wants to bless us and minister to people through our church family. That's all I wanted to share this morning, just... How we're doing, a kind of performance review. I think that God is blessing us. He's going to continue to bless us. Pray for that, please. Come expecting good things next week. Uh, 945, you'll have a chance to sign up for life groups. We're going to share about the classes, talk about where our ministry is going to head this fall, and God's going to bless us through all that. Michael?